And um, I, the Lord laid something on my heart to minister tonight, particularly because I was, this is my birthday. You know, 64 years ago, I was born. I was a 10-pound, I was a chunky little one. I was three three weeks late, and <laughs> it looks like I'm going to go out of this life kind of like a chunker. If I don't do something about it, I might go out the way I came in. Who knows? But um, I was a bundle of joy. Didn't get to pick my parents or the town I lived in. I didn't get to pick the color of my skin when I was born. The circumstances of my physical birth were in God's hands and the hands of my parents. How many of you got to pick where you were born, the day you were born? How many of you got to pick anything about your birth the first time? Didn't get to pick it. We just showed up, right? And I'm so grateful. I'm so glad there's been trials along the way in my life, some bad years, some bad things, but God has been good to me. And what I wanted to talk about tonight was my natural birth and then my rebirth. I want to talk about being born again. If you're watching by Facebook, I would ask you to just share this. We don't do evangelistic services all that often here. I mean, because if you were here, you'd look around and you'd know that none of nobody in our auditorium needs to be born again. Amen. So it's not like anything that we're doing that often. But if you can do me a favor, if you're on Facebook and you could share this, and, and somebody who might need this can pick it up. We're, we're in dangerous times. There's not going to be... The, we need to make sure that people can hear the message of being born again. I don't like giving a, a two-minute altar call and saying at the end of a message, well, you know, if you need Jesus into your heart, I like to explain things. Barbara can tell you, We're very thorough with the children. We're always laying a foundation. I don't want somebody to mouth a prayer about being born again without having understanding of what they're doing. And I've had that on my heart for for probably for as long as I've been born again, since 1989. I want people to understand what it means. Because if you're not really born again then you're going to go to hell. You need to be born again. And I'm going to explain that. But when I came out, I was a natural person. I was corrupted. I was born. I had a corrupted nature. But it was handed down to me by my very great-grandparents. And guess what? You had the same great-grandparents. I don't know how many greats there are. I'm not going to go back and great, 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 great. But we're going to go back all the way to Adam and Eve. And we don't know how the specific timeline was with Adam and Eve. But by the third chapter of the Bible, there was already trouble. So I want to pick up with reading in chapter 3. Oh, excuse me. Um. But before they sinned, everything was perfect. And they had a spirit and a soul too. And God had told Adam very specifically, there's two trees in the garden. One is the tree of life. One is the knowledge of good and, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You are not to eat that tree. Told him very, very specifically. He didn't have a lot of rules for Adam. He said, dress the garden and keep it. 
And then he said, and don't eat off of that tree, that don't eat it. So then Eve came along, and I don't know how long they were in the garden together. I don't think it was, like, way long. I don't know. I wasn't there, and you weren't either. But um, they didn't have any children yet. So I don't know how long it was. Nobody knows. So in um, Genesis 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. The serpent dangled a promise in front of Eve that she would be like God, knowing good and evil. And this is what Jimmy Swaggart, who is, I've got his expository Bible only because I stole it from Clarence. I bought it for him for his birthday, and I don't think he's seen it. But uh, Jimmy Swaggart said this, God's knowledge of evil is thorough, but not by personal experience. That's why you don't have to be an alcoholic to witness to an alcoholic. That's why you don't need to be a homosexual to witness to a homosexual. He said God's knowledge of evil is thorough. God had a knowledge of it, but he didn't have an experience with evil. So there was a difference there. God, by his nature, is totally separated from evil. And that's when he told Adam, you surely will die. God is separated from evil, and God is always going to be separated from evil. The knowledge of evil that Adam and Eve would learn would be from moral degradation, which would bring wreckage. So they got a personal knowledge of evil. When their eyes were opened, it meant their knowledge of sin and guilt was now permanently a part of mankind. Why? Because they're all of our great-great-grandparents. You can only put into your children what you are. The eye of the guilty conscience is now opened for the first time, and God and the universe appeared in new and terrible forms. Their corrupted spirit and lost purity was passed down to everyone born after that. Their act of disobedience separated them from a loving God. It wasn't the tree of knowledge of good and evil that caused spiritual death. It was the act of obedience, of disobedience. Failure to heed and obey the word of God is the cause of every single failure of every single human being. Failure to heed the word of God. Failure to obey People only send themselves to hell when they fail to obey the word of God. And I'm going to show you that a little bit later. Spiritual death ultimately brought on physical death and has, in fact, filled the world with death, all because of the fall of man. So why do bad things happen? Because of the fall. 
I was born with a corrupted nature 64 years ago because of the fall. I had no, I was corrupted. I had, you know, you look at these little babies, they're so innocent looking, but their nature is corrupt. When they start moving around, when they're about two, they call them the terrible twos for a reason. And when, you, if you can think of your own kids when they were about two and they started to get a little independence, you notice that they needed to have a little bit of discipline because they they turned into these little monster things that wanted their way all the time. Why? Because of the corrupted nature of man. We were all born enemies of God. I was born an enemy of God 64 years ago. I was an enemy of God. Even though I was innocent, I was still because of my nature. But the grace of God kept me. Amen? So when little children die, they're not enemies of God. They don't go to hell because of their innocency. So we're getting to that. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil has produced corrupt religious ideas and antichrist world systems. That's what that tree has produced is corrupted religion. And you can see it now. There's just, there's so much religion. The emphasis is on serving. You know, we've got to serve. We've got to serve, which, yes, is part of it. But serving for what motive? Are we serving so we can feel good about ourselves? Or are we serving to get people into the kingdom of God and a right relationship with God? I'm on a pastor's um, page on Facebook, and they asked the question, how long is your how long is your husband allowed to preach? And some are saying like 15-minute sermons. I'd be mad if I came to church for a 15-minute sermon. I mean, I know you can say a lot in 15 minutes, and I know you can condense it down, but to have that constraint on them, but that's what people are demanding now. You know, I want if I'm going to go to church, you, you know, you better make it worth my while, and it better be this... and, and you know, it puts a lot of pressure on, on the pastors to try to minister in that sliver of time. Not that we're trying to take advantage of your time, but I don't know about you, but I can stand and I could sit in front of a, a, the, a television and, and watch an hour and a half movie. You know, and, and these kids can play video games for hours, but when it gets to church, we want to have a 15 minute sermon because we can't, we don't want to hear anymore. And that not not here, but I'm saying with religion, and and then you have to look at the other side. Well, if it's religion, then maybe 15 minutes is all you can stand. I don't know. But I was born 64 years ago. My mind was corrupted. It wasn't my fault, but I was born that way. So were you. We're all born suffering the effects of Adam's disobedience, failure to heed and obey. The word of God. Every time we fail to heed and obey the word of God, it's called sin. Every single time. There's no way to sugarcoat it. And that's what sends, that's the one sin that sends people to hell. Why? Because it's separation from God. God esteems his word. The word became flesh. He esteems his son. The carnal mind, or the mind that you're born with, is, a, is an enemy against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, Romans 8, 7, and 8. 
I was born with a mind that did not want to be told what to do or how to do it or when to do it. Now, we've all got different natures. Some of us are a little more stubborn than others, but it's all the same. You're either, and the ones that aren't stubborn, okay, then the ones that aren't stubborn are sneaky, okay? Because they may be, they may be sitting down on the outside, but on the inside they're standing up. So the sin that sends people to hell is disregarding and not esteeming God and his word. And every human being has that choice laid out to them at one time of their life or another. We all have that choice. That's, that's when we get to choose. I didn't get to pick anything about my natural self, but I got to choose being born again. And I want to read in Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus, through Christ Jesus. For grace, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man can boast. God, who is rich in his mercy, God saw my condition, but he didn't leave me like that. He didn't leave my corrupted self like that. His grace and his mercy, he didn't condemn me because I was born like that. Any more than you would condemn somebody who can't, we can't, none of us can help how we're born. And you wouldn't condemn a baby if the baby came out and the baby had something wrong with its arm or couldn't walk or couldn't see. You wouldn't condemn that baby because that's the way they are. And God didn't condemn us because that's the way we were before we were born again. We couldn't help it. We couldn't help it. God commands us, however... To repent of our sin and be born again, and those that disregard his command do so at their own eternal peril. And you could say, well, I'm a good person. You know who's the hardest people to witness to are good people. I was a good person in my own mind, but I was a corrupt person, and you were a corrupt person. He says this in Acts 17, 24 through 31. Paul was addressing the Greeks at Mars Hill. He says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath in all things, and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined the times before appointed and bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord if haply they should feel after him and find him though he be not far away from every one of us for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of our own poets have said for we are also his offspring for as much then we are the offspring of God we ought to not think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device And the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now, 
commands all men everywhere to repent. It says it right in the Bible. God commands us to repent. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men that he has raised him from the dead. God commands us to repent. Look at Ezekiel 18:30 through 32. Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from all cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby you have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, says the Lord God. Wherefore, turn ye yourselves and live. God says, repent, repent, turn away. You know when you're doing something wrong. I knew before I got saved that I was living wrong. I knew the things I was doing wrong. The laws of God are written on our hearts. It says it in Luke, Jesus said in Luke 13, 2 and 5. Jesus answered them, saying, Suppose ye that the Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no, but except you repent, you shall also likewise perish. Or the eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but except you repent, you shall likewise perish. The warning is there for all mankind to repent. Jesus is coming soon. You just have to look. Just turn on the news for two minutes, and you can see that things are are where they call good evil. In Isaiah 5, I think it's verse 20, it says, Where you call good evil and evil good and bitter sweet. We're at that time right now where good is called evil and evil is called good. The time is short. It's time to repent. It's time to lay down your sin. It's time to come to the Lord. God commands that we all be born again to dismiss that command and say, well, I was raised a Catholic, so I'm okay. I was sprinkled with water when I was a baby. I took my first communion. I... What was the, when you're 14, you do something else? I forget I did it because I was raised a Catholic. I can't even remember now. But you do that when you're 14 and, you know, now you're all set for life. You can go live the way you want to. No, that's not true. Don't trust on the system of man. Trust the Bible. The Word in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. The Word was Jesus. Jesus came so that we could live. God commands us, please be sure that you're born again. Please be sure that if you even have doubts about it, God will show you. All you need to do is cry out to God and say, Lord, I want to understand how to be born again. God's hand is stretched out to every human being on this planet. He wants us all to be born again. The first time I was born 64 years ago, I was born with a corruption. I didn't get to pick anything. My body bears the marks of a corrupted mankind. As I age, I'm getting, you know, well, you guys know. 
<laughs> you know, you don't want to bend down and get that thing on the bottom at the grocery store unless you have your husband with you or somebody that can help you up again. But my second birth came in 1989, and I got to pick that. See, we don't get to pick the first one. We get to pick the second. We get to choose where we're going to spend eternity. Isn't that nice? You get to, you, The first time that you come in here, you don't have any say in anything. Second time, you get to pick heaven or hell. Isn't that nice? You get to pick. Being born again wiped my sin away. I didn't have to join a church. I didn't, I didn't depend on my family lineage. Thank God I didn't have to depend on my family line for nothing. Being a good person didn't help me. Serving in the community didn't set me free. It was when I had to bow my knee and say, okay, God, I see it now. I see why Jesus died on the cross. I see, the, I see that the blood was shed for me. And when I did that, I, my life was never the same after that, ever. I was given the blessing to live for God. I'm now on God's side. I'm not his enemy. No matter what happens, you can't take that away from me. You could take away this church. You could take away my car, my cats, my clothes, my food. But you can't take anything that Jesus has put inside my spirit. It's always going to be with me. God said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's a good God. He's not wanting us to go through any trouble. He's with us all the time. Even when things are hard, God is with us. And we don't have to be alone. Adam and Eve's eyes were opened up to sin and disobedience, but my eyes were opened up to the glory of God. Everything material can be stolen, lost, or corrupted, but everything spiritual is forever. That's why when I pray for my children, I know that the incorruptible seed of this word resides in my children. I taught children's church, and I know that in every one of those children, resides the incorruptible seed of the word and so we can pray with confidence for our lost loved ones that the incorruptible seed of the word is inside and it's growing and it's working inside of our lost loved ones my recreated spirit can never be taken from me that's the god we serve in first peter 1 3 through 9 it said says, Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, reserved in heaven for me too who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ." whom having not seen you love, 
And though now you not see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. First Peter one twenty three says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. How can you not accept the offer? that God puts out every day. He stretches out his hand because he loves us. He didn't want to leave me in that corrupted state 64 years ago. When I was born, he had a plan in place. See, when I was born in 1957, he could look all the way down to 2021 and see me right here. I mean, is that ever amazing? You think about it. When you were born... God could see this day for you. God is amazing, God. 1 Corinthians 15:42 through 50. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not the first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. So if you're born again, you're heavenly. Amen? And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. And that's the point of this whole thing. A corrupted spirit like I was born with 64 years ago, could not inherit the kingdom of God. I had to be born again. I had to pick. I had to choose. It was something God God got me here 64 years ago, and once I was here, then I had to make the decision because he gave me a free will. God doesn't want a bunch of robots. Serving God is the best thing. I, I, I look at these poor people who are led by... You know, when you make a deal with the devil, and I'm not going to go into anything other than that, but you make a deal with the devil, the devil is rude, and he's harsh, and he's horrible. You know, all I could think of to, to illustrate it is these people that, you know, they, they go to a loan shark because they need money. Well, if you can't pay him back, they're right there. They'll cut your fingers off or take your kids or they'll do something to get their money. Serving God is freeing, and it's wonderful. And even if you can't live up to what you're supposed to do, there's the word called you can repent and ask God to forgive you, and he doesn't cut your hand off or give you nightmares. God is a good God. I will serve God all the days of my life. Amen. I was born with a spirit and a soul. It's going to live forever in eternity in heaven with God, my Father. 
and with all of you. Eternity. I hope you like me because we're all going to be together. And, well, I guess even if you don't like me, when we get there, we'll all like each other, right? (laughs) But we have to choose. And those of you who think that you can just be a good person or you can serve in a church and you don't really have to believe this, well, you're going to be disappointed on the day you take your last breath here because you're not going to go because corruption cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That first birth is not going to get you into the kingdom of God. You have to be born again. John 1, 12 and 13 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Let's look at verse 13. Okay, which were born... Not of blood, okay? Not of natural birth. Nor the will of the flesh. Can't be good enough. Nor the will of man. Can't follow a a doctrine or direction of man. But of God. Salvation is not at all God's plan. It's man's plan. Salvation is not man's plan. It's all God. So no man can glory. No man can take credit for anything. It's all God. It's God's will for everyone to be born again. We couldn't have a say in the first time, but we can and we must choose to be born again. Once you're truly born again, you enter into a new life. Life on this planet will have a whole different meaning. You'll sleep better at night because you won't be full of anxiety. You'll still have problems, but you can still work them out. Amen? See your disobedience to God's and his word. Have conviction over your sin. See that God sent Jesus to bear the punishment for your sin. God just can't say, well, um, okay, so you're a liar. Well, okay, you know, why don't you just come into heaven? Um, that's like if I wash my kitchen floor real good. The last thing I want is for my husband to come in with real dirty feet. See, he can't allow sin in because it'll make heaven dirty. Heaven's a place where there's no sin. No sin's allowed. God in his mercy has given us Jesus Christ. And that's why we can stand up and shout and praise the Lord. There is therefore in Romans 8, 1 and 4, here's a promise There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm free from the law of sin and death. I'm free. You're free from the law of sin and death. If you are born again, the Spirit of life operates in you. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The gospel is good news. It's good news for everybody. It doesn't matter 
who you are. If you're the highest person in this world or the lowest person in the world, God has leveled the playing field. Every single person must be born again if they want to be in heaven. The alternative is bad because you're going to be separated from God. And that means separated from anything good. When the Bible says it in hell, there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's not a place where anybody wants to go. It's a place that was reserved for the angels that fell. It was never intended for mankind. Mankind choose to go to hell. And I pray that tonight your choice is not to go to hell. It says in Deuteronomy 30:19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your seed may live. God sets it before us. It's not a tricky, God's not tricky. You ever notice how some people just move the goalposts all the time? You know, they move it, well, you, you just get about there, and then it's like, well, no, you still got to do this, and you got to do this. God's not tricky. God lays it out for us simply. He lays it out plainly. He says, I'm setting before you life and death. Choose life. He's not a mean God. God loves us in his grace and mercy. He sent Jesus. Before the foundations of the earth, he had a plan for our redemption. He gives us a free will. He gives us a choice. Now, we can make a a choice. We can choose to go to hell. God's not going to stop us. But on the way there, he's going to give us every opportunity to make a a U-turn and come back to God. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, and we're thankful that we belong to you. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you've given me the privilege of being able to minister on my 64th birthday. Father, I'm able to minister the plan of salvation and lay it out plainly. And Father, for those that, are, that need to hear about Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that the seed of the word goes deep inside their spirit. Father, that the eyes of their understanding are open. Lord, that they see Jesus and that they become born again. Father, we didn't have a right to to pick anything about when we were born the first time. But, Father God, we can make a quality decision and the right choice and be born again. And we just thank you, Lord. If there's anybody who, who hears this message and you need help and you want prayer, just message us and, and we'll get back to you. And yes. we just love you. And our desire is for you to serve God and to, to know a life that, that is above abundantly what you could ask or think. And we just, we're just thankful for all of you. God bless each and every one here. Bless their family. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we just give you praise Amen. for all that you've done for us. Amen. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Amen. You know, we need to be appreciative of what God's done for us. You know, sometimes we get saved. How many remembers when you got saved, you really didn't know the fullness of what the Scriptures really declared at that point. We, we, heard, we heard enough to, when we first heard the message of salvation, we heard enough to repent <laughs> and come to the Lord. But you know what? Aren't you glad that you made that choice? And now we're being transformed. We're being changed. Did you know we change daily? Our mind changes. Our spirit. We're becoming more like Jesus every day. Or we should be anyway. Let's sing this old song tonight before we leave.
Oh, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and so, you know,